Hi, I'm Steve Addison and this is the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Well, today we're in Tirana, Albania, talking to Alton Kitta about how God called him down out of the mountains and out of Islam to reach his nation. Albania. Albania is, uh, if you don't know where it is, so it's north of Greece and west of Italy. It's located in Balkan region. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like to, to brag about it. I like to tell you a secret that Albania is in the Bible and everybody gets surprised because they never read there. <laughs> but Romans 15, 19, it says, Paul said, I brought the gospel from Jerusalem up to Illyricum. So it's like it was the border close to the Roman Empire, to Italy. So church history books say that Duras, a city close to where I am, in the first century had 80 Christian families. So, yeah, that's all you know in the Bible, only Illyricum, but we only that, that word we are proud. <laughs> we are mentioned only in one word. Yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, but then we have a 15th century Albanians occupied from Ottoman Empire, Turkish Empire, and they stayed 500 years, changed everything. Then we are independent from Turkey, but the war start, and from bad we end up to very bad, because we we became a com- communist nation, and our dictator he was proud to say. We are the only atheist nation, atheist nation in the world. Mm. And he destroyed all the church, all the mosque, any temple or religious activities. So for so many years, people or priests or pastors or leaders were put in jail or killed or suspended, anything. And then 1991, democracy started. We had only four Christians left. Wow. Four Christians, evangelical Christians. And that was uh, the revival time because missionaries came. I think the Bible verse, Romans 8, 28, God turns, make things work out for good. Uh, because he was proudly saying, we are the only atheist nation in the world. The news got out into the world, and when Albania was open, a lot of missionaries wanted to start, wanted to come here to the only <laughs> atheist nation in the world. So we had a lot of missionaries, maybe 300 or 400, that came and shared the gospel on the streets, showed Jesus' film, and, and uh, oh, it was so beautiful. So the good era of revival. And the good news came, and in that time, uh, I was 18 years old, and uh, I, I gave my life to Jesus in June 1993. And a uh, little bit before that, when the communism stopped, uh, finished, people went back to the roots because they wanted to know God, but they said, well, what was my father or grandfather before. So 70% before was Muslim, and so they went to Muslim roots. Same question was for me. And uh, so I come from Muslim area. 
So I started to practice this religion for over six months and practice and pray and do all these things, five, five times a day prayers and read all these books because I was in the search for God. I wanted to know who is this creator that, uh, or is there a creator? But in my, my attempt to follow, to follow God, I could not find it. Nothing was enough for me until uh, I, I got in touch with the New Testament. My uncle actually gave me a New Testament. At his job, you know, when Albania was open, our nation was very poor. So a lot of humanitarian aids came in Albania as well from churches. And in those food boxes, normally there was a Bible in it or a Christian book. And I am meeting my uncle and he said, you know, my job, they brought me this box of food, but there's this book. Maybe you like it because you are, I was in a last year in high school. You are a schoolboy, maybe you like it. I don't like it because it's a strange book. So I got this book, it really was strange. It was not like the books I had in school because it was all black. And you open, it has two columns, you know, in one single page and numbers and everything. And okay, I take it, but I don't know if I read it. I got this book and one day I took it out of curiosity to read it as a, as a, just a book. I start to read Gospel of Matthew and I got stuck in the Sermon on the Mount. I could not go any further. I read and reread Sermon on the Mount and that it was, I don't know what's the right words, but every word was so amazing, so rich, so beautiful. So, and I said, I had a desire in my heart. I want to know the person that is talking this way. I want to know this Jesus. And as much as I knew at the end of the book, it was a salvation prayer. I bent my knees and I did the salvation prayer. But <clears throat> I thought I became a Catholic because that's how much we knew Muslim, Catholic, Orthodox, about evangelicals, evangelical, evangelicals had been in minority over here. So I did not know about that. So if you believe Jesus, you are a Catholic. And I was proud. I liked it because God really gave me a better, a better view of my life. So my story, I was violent against my, my sisters or against everybody. And that uh, God's peace changed my heart. And uh, six or five months after that, I went to army. In that time, you had to go. It was mandatory. And I went to army, and I'm proud. I, I gave my uh, life to Jesus, and I thought I was Catholic. And this friend of mine said, that was born-again Christian said, why do you think you are Catholic? He said, because I believe in Jesus. And, but I had nobody to, trust, to, to explain to me what it means to be born again and to have a relationship with God. So, and he was the first person to explain. So this army friend that was a born-again Christian, he was the first guy to explain to me when I did that prayer, 
I got a new relationship with Jesus, not a new religion. I am born, born again, and this is what it means. So it was beautiful, and I kept reading my Bible, and in my army, the officer would say, why are you reading that big book? I said, because I want to know more about God. I said, no, you don't do this when you are young. You read about God when you're old and you're about to die. And then, <clears throat> and then you try to reconcile with God. Not now. Now you have fun. But he wasn't old. I mean old. He was a lot in age. He was like 64, 65. I said, what about you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are getting old and you are about what you are saying. So I don't know how long you live, but are you reading the Bible? And he froze. Oh, no, no. Oh, do whatever. Do whatever. He stopped. And I, yeah, <clears throat> when I go home from army, first people I wanted to bring to faith was the imam of my village. And I want, I sit with him and I talk with him. Some days it was from morning to evening. Because I knew about the, the, this religion, Muslim religion, I had my experience, and I, I got to know Jesus, and I know I want this guy to have, and because I thought if he become a Christian, the whole village will become a Christian. And from morning to evening, I would sit with him and talk with him, and nothing would happen. Mm. I had headache like crazy because all day not eating or drinking, I was... I, uh, I was dry and I, I felt God told me from the uh, Gospel of Mark, don't throw the pearls into pig's feet. And I stopped mm -hmm. debating with him. It was not worth it at that point. So I start to share Jesus with my sisters, with my cousins and my relatives. And actually I have five sisters and all of my sisters, one by one by one, gave their life to Jesus. And I have 24 cousins. 18 of those 24 gave their life to Jesus. And that was how I started uh, involved in ministry. And I, I did minister in my hometown for 10 years, in my villages where I come from, in different villages. Yeah, at that time, there was not enough Road. So normally you had to walk. Every day I was walking to a different village, like at least 30 minutes, normally one hour, one hour and a half to the other long village. But I was, I never felt tired. Mm. I really, I, I, you know, I, I would walk to this village over one hour, have a great meeting with kids and youth, and then walk back, eat, and then go have another prayer meeting or, or something in my village. So, yeah, it's a, it was so beautiful. Then I got married. New chapter in my life. Uh, I moved in the city and I delegated ministry to my sister, my younger sister, actually. She's married and have three kids as well. We say younger because she's younger in the line, but <laughs> they're married. She's married and a good husband and have three kids and they're continuing the ministry up in the mountains, so I'm here. I tried to start a church, and I failed every time. Mm. 
because I know, I, I know how I can do this, how to do this. I have 10 years experience in the mountains and I know how to share Jesus, how to bring people in faith. No, Tirana is a big city, it's a monopoly, it's a big mess. People are hurrying, going everywhere. And I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed. And then I, I, I partnered with Compass Crusade and I picked an, a neighborhood and I showed you, I had a team of either seven or eight people. I had a team of seven, eight people. We showed Jesus field in summer 2007 in 16 places. And my team, my group, we had zero people came to faith. We had people that participated, but no one. And that was time for me to give up. And I said, no, I, I just want to give up because I tried this failing, I tried this failing, nothing is working. But uh, a friend of mine encouraged, encouraged me to not give up on my calling. I felt from God as well, don't doubt in the dark what you told you in the light. So that's a quote that I felt was really from God in that time of my life because it was dark, nothing was working. And God reminded me, no, I have called you for this. From that time, I would read and I would go to any training that was about church planting. I thought, I want to know this, how it works. I want to know this, everything that, that is there. So I, I, I was exposed to some great trainings, to, to some great teachings, and to some beautiful books and a lot of good content. So yeah, and, uh, and then I start to build a team to, to start a church, not try to do it on my own. Yeah, I, I start to partner with an organization, uh, not organization, a movement in, uh, in the Zuri. It's called ICF Zuri. So we partner with that and we got the same name. ICF Tirana is my church. So part of being uh, joining this movement was same name, same logo, same style. I like the style. I like the values and the vision. I did not like the name because I wanted to have an Albanian name. Yeah. But later I got used with it and everybody got used with it. So we are really happy to be part of ICF movement. Now, somehow I was breaking a trend because normally to start a church in Albania, you had to be a missionary. You had to be a missionary or a Christian agency from outside or organization from outside. So they come they start something, either Christian, uh, Christian organization or church or whatever, they established and they delegated to Albanians. But uh, there was none or very few Albanians that were starting something from zero, them, themselves. So I'm there, I'm here in Tirana in a coffee bar with a friend of mine and he started the church himself. And they said, you know, I'm Albanian. I started a church. You are Albanian. You started a church. What if? What if we start a network to empower natives, to empower Albanians to start, to start new churches? And like our eyes like got like, yeah, what if? What if? And we start inviting our friends 
in a how can I call it? It was like a thinking tank. Mm-hmm. It was uh, we start gathering together. We ha- we so that was eight years ago. We start gathering together, and uh, actually we did not know what, uh, know what to do now. <laughs> you know? And so we start a little bit. So every time we come, we call it thinking tank. So somebody give ideas, we discuss about it. So no no shape actually. Good desire, but still not sh- no shape. Because we were resisting a little bit the, 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 the Albanians' fears, you know. Because coming out of communism, people are afraid you're you are leading them. You are their leader, and they are your followers. And we don't like that because we had a dictator before, mm-hmm. and you di- don't dictate to me what what I do. You know, that's why we're a little uh, how can I say it? a little sensitive. And that's how the first steps, the first steps of this network were. Until I got in touch through Skype, a friend of mine that was a good mentor got me in touch with a, a leader of an organization in USA. It's called New Churches Now. His name is Joe Wilson, and Joe was part of New Think that Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson lead. And so I talked with Joe in October. I said, Joe. You know, this friend of mine connected us. This is what we are doing. And Joe came after three months, he came in Albania. And we started our first Catalyst community. Catalyst community is like, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a conference. It's like a different, different type. So it's like one session is sharing and practical ideas. The next, next section, uh, people work with their teams on a, on a on something, so it's like it's not only theory; it's like theory and practice. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, so beautiful. After that, after that, Catalyst community, our network like it exploded. So until that, we had good ideas, but no churches were starting. Only my church, my friend's church, two churches, and then we we had a. First of all, we started to create a little shape of our, our network, so a vision, values, and some goals toward it. And we dream to, we, this is what we dream, this is how we, we see it. So if you see on my back, it's a map of Albania. It has a 2% on the back. And I, this is our, this is my dream. I want to see 2% of Albanians come into faith. In that time, it was 0.4. And I read this, uh, I think it was John Maxwell, or I don't know who, who was. He said, to change a community, you have to have uh, 2% of people with the same mindset, same commitment, to change for good or for bad. You only need 2%. And I said, if this is it, this is my life goal. If it only takes 2%, that, that's my life goal. I want to see 2% of my people coming to know Jesus and then expect revival or whatever nation change or city change or anything. So, and uh, next, the first year after the Catalyst community, we had in one year two new churches started one in North Albania, one in East of Albania. 
we start sharing vision, but still there was a suspicious among pastors, leaders, church planters that uh, worried I'm going to control them. What is behind this? Why you want to help us? Blah, 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 all these things. And, uh, but uh, it took a little bit time to see that there was nothing behind. Mm-hmm. It's a good network just to help you. And they were surprised that we're helping them to start their own church with their own name, their own theology, with their own style of doing church. And we're not asking them to start uh, my brand. Like, I love ICF. I love my church. And uh, so they saw we are not asking them, can you start an ICF church, same style? No, no, no. Your church. Uh, your formation of theology, doctrine. And that after that was, <clears throat> second year was like six churches, then was 10 churches, then was 15. It was so beautiful, shape, shaping up and moving around. And now we have, we have churches in three generations. So we have started 54 new churches. And these 54 new churches, started another 18 churches in villages and areas around. And these 18 started another three. So it's like, this is where uh, the new churches are at this point. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how may, maybe these numbers seem small, but by our context, it was like very, very beautiful. And we sit around, we enjoyed what God was doing. And then I mentioned this guy, Joe Wilson, and I tell you, he's a dangerous man because he's crazy. He has some, you know, he really believed Ephesians 3.20, that God can do through you much more than you pray or think or ask. And he, and we're enjoying what was happening in Albania. Yeah. And he said, what if? And he brought a map of Balkan. And we stick it on the wall, and we said, what's next? What we do now? We are enjoying this. Let's celebrate today. Let's drink today a glass of wine or something and, and, and celebrate it. But tomorrow, we move to the next thing. And we saw the map, and okay, we started with the nations around Albania, Macedonia, Kosovo, Montenegro. So... First of all, we had a, we call it apostolic trip. So we get a big name <laughs> because these are the nations where the Apostle Paul was traveling as well, like Macedonia. And um, so we, we, we went uh, in the capital cities of these three nations. We invited pastors to come together. We shared the vision, shared the success stories that was happening in Albania. And we drove the what if what if you try it here? What if we come, you come together as a, uh, leaders of your nations, pastors of your nations, and dream together to starting new churches and helping each other? And uh, we, we now have, it's like eight new churches have started in Macedonia, four in Kosovo, and I know three or four in Montenegro. But to talk about three new churches in Montenegro is... That that country had eight churches in total when we go there. <laughs> so eight 
to three more is like 40% growth. Mm. <laughs> so like, typically the churches you're starting, are they reaching people who've been far from God? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and uh, the areas where we are, Christianity is 0.2 to 0.6 in this part of the world. So Christianity is very low, and most of it is uh, Muslim influence, is Orthodox influence, Catholic influence. Not actually, not very Catholic, but but yeah, it's a it's a it's a hard ground. It's a hard ground, but God is working in it. Yeah, and this is how. This is where we are, and I see, yeah, uh, this year, maybe now I need can I change the subject now, <laughs> because this year was hard, this was, we had COVID, so this year in Albania, we only could start four new churches. We were supposed to start 18 of them, but 14 slowed down, maybe start next year, or see when they can start, and uh, I was, I, was, I was talking with my team, you know, well, well, what if the problem we're going through is not a problem? What if this time is a great opportunity? What if, and I had this in my mind all these days, what if, what if, what if? And uh, I was talking with our multimedia team and they're building some videos and some graphics and, and I, they look strange to me like videos in an old shape, like videos like style of 91, 93, 95, you know, before 2000. I said, why? Why this? Why these colors? Why this shape? And they said, well, things are going retro. Things are going retro in the video style. People like the different style, old style. And that word hit me. I said, okay. If we want multimedia to go retro and people like that, how can we do it with church planting? What does it mean church planting goes retro? What does it mean church planting goes back to the, and that is house church. People that gathered in the homes, people that gathered in the houses. And then we came with a, with a, with a new logo, which is called ICF Nashpi. ICF at home, and I have my shirt here. ICF Nushpi. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't say Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, and we start sharing our idea with Albanians all over the world that we are in contact. Because Albanians, there are 40 million Albanians, but only three live in Albania. The rest is all over. I don't know how many there are in Australia. But there's a lot, so most of them live outside. So that's why we said, what if we bring the gospel to the houses? What if this is the answer of prayers this time, this time of problems? What if you can, uh, because you prayed for your parents, you prayed for your sister, your brother, to get to know Jesus there. Not all of them are responding well. What if you turn your house into church? What if you turn your house and make an ICF at home? And we, I, I shared the vision with, with the people and we created a small team around it. And I said, what if we dream to start 
in one month, September, 100 ICF at home, 100 small churches. And all my team was, oh, oh no, no, no. What if we start like five or 10 or something? I, I tried to cool them down. I said, guys, don't worry. Let's aim the moon. If we don't reach the moon, we may hit a star somewhere. Mm. So we have zero ICF at home, zero church at home. Let's aim 100. If we aim 20, it's, it's good. It's no blame on you or no pressure on you. Let's do our best and let, let's go for this. And then we built a little structure around it. At the end of month of September, we had 103 ICF at home. So, and I, I like I like the new concept of retro, going back to the old, going back to the roots of the church. Because if we cannot gather around, God will make a way. I feel like the verses that Mark, Mardukai told Esther in the book of Esther, he told her, maybe you are here for such a time as this, to go there in front of king and intercede for our nation, to save our nation. And this is what I tell my team and our network is that maybe we are here for such a time as this, because nothing happens accidentally. God did not bring us here in the first century or, or 10th century. He brought us here in this time and he knew what is going to happen. And if we believe Romans 8, back to, uh, I already mentioned Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good according to his purpose. That means he is going to do his purpose <laughs> during, during COVID. Mm. He is going to do his purpose. Then what if we see Every problem is an opportunity because at the end, he's going to do his purpose and let's go after it. Yeah, this is uh, like I encourage my network and my church and uh, yeah, and, and uh, our online ministry is in a good shape. But when I share with our network, some of them feel a little bit guilty, said, well, I, why we didn't pay attention to you when you taught us about online church in those years, even we, we mocked you about online church. Why do you need online church? And now we see it's online church. It's the only church. It was for a lot of those months. And I, I told them because our churches in our network are in online ministry. Some have no idea. Some have some ideas. Some are in a good shape. So it's like in three stages. Mm. And I try to encourage them in this way, say, see what you have, like five uh, loaves of bread and two fish, because God is going to use what you have in your hand. Mm. He's not going to tell you, build the online ministry in the shape of ICF before I use you. He said, no, see what you have. You have people, you have just an, a smartphone or whatever, and use what you have. And uh, actually our church for many years now, and we really enjoy what we do, we give Thursday to other churches. So mainly our multimedia team and my, me and myself, one day a week is for other churches. I sit and coach pastors and give them ideas and uh, encourage them. 
the best description would be like this pastor, he came to me and we talked together and he felt like, he said, you know what? I feel like uh, the, the battery of my car was down and I, could, I was in the middle of the road with my car. Well, I sit with you together. It's like my battery is charged. I can start again and I can drive again. I can drive again. And I loved it when he said that. Because sometimes you feel, is it having an impact? Is it, am I helping somebody or just making a mess around? <laughs> and when you have here these beautiful stories, it gives us encouraged. So every Thursday, our multimedia team and people, yeah, we help 21 churches establish online ministries from zero. We help a lot of other people as well. Our multimedia team now, they don't use our logos in our in photos, videos, and everything because we we let other churches to use them as well. So if they don't have a good team and multimedia, so use our use our production. Use use them. We don't put a, we don't own them. We don't put our logo to claim it's ours. If you like it, take it, use it. And uh, and yeah, I I really do believe, you know, two percent of Albania and people around my, you know, and I, I, I'm seeing a little glimpse of this dream coming true because in eight years, Christianity in Albania grew by fifty percent, from zero point four to zero point six. It's still under one point, but it grew. It grew. The churches grew by 50%. Automatically, Christianity grew by 50% in our nation. And I love it. I like it. And I see how I trust God the 2%. Mm-hmm. I trust God for a revival. I trust God. You know, I'm a non-denomination, so I'm not, in my theology, I'm not... Uh, either Baptist or Charismatic, I'm between, but I like some prophecies. Mm. And this person says, you know, that uh, he did not know that my my dream was 2%, but that person said, God is using you, God is going to use you to change the name of Albania. And that is beautiful because Albania is known with uh, very negative adjective, uh, uh, names. Albania is known Muslim country or uh, Hashash country that produces drugs <laughs> or human trafficking or, or thieves or criminals or mafia. So our nation has, has the wrong names, have bad names. And I believe that God is going to use me in this generation, I believe Albania is going to be called in the name of Jesus. And I really believe it. And I really go after the 2%. Because this country will change. And when they think Albanians, they'll think Jesus. This is my dream. Don't forget you can visit movements.net for the latest resources on multiplying disciples and churches everywhere. This is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.